0: I just slipped so far. Hope Net Radio. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at Hopenet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of Hopenet Radio,
3: Jeff and Dave. Welcome to Hopenet Radio. It is the show where conversations save lives. This is episode 117, and my name is Jeff. Thanks for joining us tonight. With me, DW, the guy that I thought would I would see you in the Pro Bowl last week. What happened there? How you doing, man?
1: I didn't get enough votes. You didn't get... Well, everybody else was dropping out, though, so I was surprised. Yeah, well, they almost got to my level. You know, would you want to play in the Pro Bowl if... If you played preseason and all the games and all, I mean, would you really want to play in it? Does anybody even watch the Pro Bowl? <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't know if anyone watches it. You know, there are people that are addicted to football. This is true. This is so true. any football at all, I think they might watch because they... I can,
2: I can honestly say, I don't ever remember watching a Pro Bowl. Yeah. Well, you know,
1: I think people just watch because they want to dream about being in Hawaii. True. And and so they're looking at that going, Oh, that would be nice to be in Hawaii. But yeah, the game's kind of worthless and, and what they do is kind of worthless and it doesn't really matter and if Well and that's
2: the thing, is like there's no allegiance to anybody because there's players all over the place that it's yeah. like, Oh yeah, oh yeah. You know, it's <laughs> and, almost like looking at a game because of your fantasy team but on steroids because right. it's like all the good players are playing and it's just like, Well, yeah.
1: okay. Yeah. And if you get hurt in that game, yeah, like you tear a, a yeah. ligament well, you are I, done for. the Well, next that's the other season. thing. It's not
2: like anybody's playing hard. Yeah,
1: right. And that's when you get you know, hurt. There's nothing on the
2: line, exactly. So I
3: don't know. But you see, guys go down that just kind of plant wrong, you know, and they're not even playing hard. Yeah. That's right. So
1: no, I, I wasn't invited. But thanks for thinking I have. I, I have the wherewithal to be invited. I tell you what, though, if they ever called me and said, "Would you come and coach one of the Pro Bowl teams?" I would grab. You and Jason and we would go coaching. Yes, we'd have some fun. Yes, we wouldn't have any idea what we we're doing, but we would. It'd be like fantasy football on steroids for us. That's what they should do. They should forget the pro coaches. Yeah, and just pick some fans. That would be that's a great idea because fans we we know what to do. That's right. You know what I mean? That's we're right. always telling the coaches what to do. Yeah. So why don't they just find like a team of fans? If they came to me and said, "Would you come up with a coaching?" Team? Sure. <laughs> I come up there, and then I go tell those boys what to do. I would run the Green Bay sweep every play. <laughs> you know? I mean? That's,
3: that, that's what we would do. Is that, like, right up the middle every time? No, the sweep. You go around the end. <laughs> yeah, but... We don't go around the ends. We just go up the pull middle.
1: the guards. No, we would go around the ends. I would, I would make those guys run. You, you take, you take all the big guys and you make them pull like to the right or to the left. Uh-huh. And it's just like this. We it, it used to get nicknamed the student body sweep. You just put everybody run in one direction, right? And put the running back behind them and just knock everybody down on the way. It sounds
2: like this is well planned and dreamed of already. Oh yeah. <laughs>
1: In fact, the last time the Packers were, were in the championship game, not the Super Bowl, but the championship game, I actually got a message to Aaron Rodgers. Well, at least they told me it got to him, so it might not have. <laughs> really? Yes, because I said, this is the play you need to run.
2: <laughs> and how did you communicate that?
1: I know somebody who knows somebody who knows him. <laughs> of and, course. Okay. And so Indeed. that's how I got to him. I gave him this play, and I, you know, me I analyzed things. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought, I have been analyzing what you've been doing, and, and this play would work. It would work against any of your opponents because they would not be ready for it. Okay. And it was that student body sweep because they weren't using it at all. So did they use it? No, and they lost. <laughs> they didn't use it, and they lost, and I'll stop talking about it there because you can draw your own conclusion. Yeah, <laughs>
3: I certainly can. Yes, you
1: can draw your own conclusion. I, I gave them a play that would have made them Win that game and win the Super Bowl, but there is not a Lombardi trophy at Lambeau Field for that year. So I'll be quiet and you can draw your own conclusion.
3: Yeah, there you go. With that, tonight we are talking about mentoring, and we're going to continue on our topic this month of discussing what it means to be a mentor. And last week, we really highlighted what it means to build a culture of mentoring. And I think today we're in a day and age that needs mentors more than ever. I don't know a time in history where I can look back and think I'm looking at our young people and, and teenagers, young adults, and so many of us, me included, I would say for a time in our life, we found ourselves floundering because we didn't have people people who were actively speaking into our lives that we didn't either we didn't know where to look or we didn't know how to ask for a mentor or we didn't know really what it took to have a mentor in our life. And when I found a mentor, it was like a breath of fresh air, like somebody is speaking into my life that I needed to speak into my life. And so we want to see that conversation of what it means to build a culture of mentoring, because whether we like it or not, Every one of us is looking to role models, and whether it's NFL athletes or other kinds of athletes or just people that we know day-to-day in our life that are just a little bit older than us that pour into us, we're looking to people to be role models, and there are a lot of negative role models out there. We want to highlight what it means to be a positive role model. We need those kinds of people in our lives, don't we, Dave?
1: Yeah. You know, let, let me just ask you and Jason some questions. As long as we're talking about this, and I'm fired up about it, so let's talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. The educational system that we have today is ruining the idea of mentoring. It is ruining it. You think so? It, it, I do. And and my master's is in education. I love education. But I think the whole educational system has robbed us of mentors it, it, in this sense. People go and they sit in a classroom and they hear people talk about life, but they don't do life with those people. Hmm. And, and when you don't do life with people and they just talk to you, you do not learn. Hmm. Um you learn from doing life. It used to be that there were apprentices at things, and and it used to be that there were, were people that would go and they'd be interns at things, and that's that's how they learned. I mean, if you wanted to be a bricklayer, um, you know, Jason, if you wanted to be a bricklayer, m- my advice to you is to go find a bricklayer and go work with them yep. and, and learn how to do bricklaying. Don't go to school and learn the principles of bricklaying. Yeah. Go to a bricklayer and let them teach you. You know, if you want to be an architect, go to an architect. Now, what will happen is they will tell you if you need to go to school for a little bit and that kind of thing, but you would work under them, and, and then when you get competent. Do you know there, there's different fields out there that I find interesting? I know two people that went through the Nicolay Bible Institute right now that went, and, and a dentist took them into their office yeah. and worked with them and made them their assistants, and they never went to dental school. Really? No. Wow. And they're doing well.
2: Oh, nice. and, and
1: what happened is they went and they got trained by the dentist to do how that dentist wants them to yeah. do things. And and they skipped, how much money did they save? Thousands. Yeah. Yeah. And they got into the workforce quicker. They saved thousands of dollars. And this dentist got somebody that was trained to do things the way that they wanted them to do it. Yeah. So what's wrong with that? No, that's mentoring right there. Yep. And, instead of going and, and hearing things in... And now look at the educational model that's out there, like churches and schools. Yeah. Okay, so a church. We think we're doing well when we sit and we get lectured by the pastor. Well, that could be something that stirs up thought, discussion. The Holy Spirit could use it, no doubt. But what about doing life with somebody in church? What about seeing marriages that work? What about hanging out with people? A guy came to me and that I'm actually mentoring and working with, and he said, I really want to be a pastor someday. And he said, what advice do you give me? And I said, go find a pastor and get in his hip pocket. I mean, seriously, what are you talking to me for? Yeah, I'm not a pastor. And and it's like, well, yeah, but I, I, I like what you do. It says, well, if you want to be what I am, then I'm not a pastor. Mm. But if you want to be a pastor, you need to go sit with a pastor. Yeah. He said, well, what do you think of seminary? I said, I don't have much thought about it. I mean, if a pastor tells you to go to seminary, then go to seminary. But the bottom line is... You could sit in seminary classes till you're blue in the face and know everything academically you're supposed to know and not know how to love God and love people Mm -hmm. and and not know what you need to do as a pastor. I mean, you walk into a hospital room with a pastor and you can see a true pastor, how he operates. And and I'm telling you something. They're gifted at doing that. Who's going to teach you that in a classroom? Mm -hmm. You need to go watch that. Right, absolutely. So that's mentoring. I mean, I think the educational system... I think we got lazy. I think it's a whole lot easier, actually, to sit and lecture a group of students than do life with them.
3: Mm. Yeah, there might be some truth to that. And I wonder, too, how much, how often we're looking at life and not knowing... Even how to mentor other people. I think that's a big thing. We talked about that a little bit last week. And we want to continue this conversation because, again, mentoring is there's a huge need right now for mentors, and not just for teenagers, but young adults, people who are business owners, people who are uh, in the workforce today and that are looking for maybe a new skill or a new position or something. So they're looking at somebody who has more experience. And yet, I think there's a cultural thing that is lacking. And I think that comes from, in some ways, the expectation if you're talking about education. Dave. It's, maybe there isn't just a, an environment where we're encouraging the younger ones even to raise up and to become mentors someday. It's kind of like you're talking about lecturing and and resorting it to homework and group projects but how do you actually mentor somebody? This is a big question so we'll talk about it here on the show. Join us tonight on the back. if you're hanging out with us on Twitter. You can use the hashtag HNRTB. Share your thoughts with us. You can also email us anytime at, hope, at HopeNet360.com and this conversation is just getting started here at HopeNet Radio.
0: Are you hurting, stressed out, need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at (laughs) HopeNet360.com.
1: Hey, I'm Tiger McLuhan from Youth Leadership. Recharge is coming to Green Bay this February. We know a lot of adults, parents, a lot of youth ministries that are filled with caring people who love children and love kids but haven't really had the opportunity to be equipped, given practical ideas on how to do that desire more effectively. Every children's ministry worker, every youth worker, hopes that their ministry makes a difference, their small group works, the confirmation impacts those kids, but hope is not a strategy. To learn more about Recharge, visit ministryrecharge.com.
0: This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Chat with the live coach
3: anytime at hopenet360.com. Right now, there is a live coach waiting to chat with you. Especially if this has been a difficult week, difficult time in your life, difficult season. It doesn't matter what time of year it is. There are things that come up in our lives that tend to steal our joy. And tonight, if there's something going on right now, I encourage you go and chat with the live coach, talk to them, share with what's going on in your life, and let them speak in your life. We're talking about mentoring this month, and as we talked about last week, January was a national mentoring month, and we want to continue that topic because this is a huge, to us here on the show, mentoring, and what we do on the Show is actually kind of a form of mentoring, but real face to face, real life mentors are something that our world is lacking. So much of this generation is looking for answers in celebrities and in personalities. And and we've kind of mixed up what it means to really be mentored. We look to people to be role models that really aren't living as what I would consider positive role models. Ultimately, on this show, everything we talk about, we want to help inspire some great conversations. Conversations that we believe will save lives. And part of that does come from people who are older than you, have gone through some experiences in life, they can shed some light on maybe a, a time in your life where you're having difficulty making some decisions or trying to sort out emotions and, and things that are piling up in life that we don't really understand, we don't know how to grapple with because we just haven't been there before. And Dave, you talk a lot about this, life expectations and all of that. I mean, there's so many different things that play into our life that can be difficult to weigh out because on the one hand, I have an expectation of what my life should look like. And if things don't work out the way I intended them to, I become disappointed. Sometimes I become disillusioned and think, well, boy, that didn't work. I must be really making some huge mistakes here in life. What is going on here? And yeah. and I just wish there were times in my life where I just wish that I would have had someone that maybe was a little bit different, maybe outside of my family even, to just go
1: into and, and talk to and yeah. just get an honest
3: opinion about how they see life.
1: To get a refocus. I mean, let me just simplify things. If my life if my life is really about showing the world who God is. Alright, if that's really what it's about, then how do I live? Yeah. That's the question. Cool. So if I get sick, can I do that while I'm sick? Can I show the world who God is while I'm sick? Yeah. So that hasn't thrown me off course. If I'm poor, can I do it? Absolutely. If I get fired, can I do it? Yep. If I'm the richest guy in the world, can I do it? Yes. See, so far circumstances don't don't change anything. Because I know what I'm about. Now, what what I did was I grew up with a man who knew that, who knew what he was about. So I Im- I imitated that Yeah. because I did life with him. So I imitated that. And just let me be real general. Uh, Jason, what in life do you want to learn? What, is there something you want to learn? And Jeff, you better be thinking because I'm going to ask you to. So <laughs> yeah, what in life do you want to learn?
2: <laughs> um, I don't know. I always love learning more about who God is okay. and how that impacts me. All life.
1: right. So the next question is... Who would you identify in your life who knows who God is that you can do life with so you can learn what they know?
2: People that I have around me right now.
1: Okay. So that's the idea. Everybody right. that's listening, if you don't have a name in there, right, you're not going to do it. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. Because you're not going to do it with a book at this point. Right. So, so you need to name Jeff. What is it that you would like to learn? I know we spiritualize it and and I I think we all would like to learn more about God, but is there anything else you want to learn?
3: Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things that, I'm reading books right now on leadership. I continue to to just read right. books and blogs on leadership and leadership styles, but also there's one thing that I want to learn this year and and some of those people that know me, I do website stuff and website design and and uh, I've been in doing that for years, but now I want to move into understanding how to do some more app programming and build maybe build my own app. And I don't know what I want to do with that yet, but I want to learn a coding language. Right. And that's kind of weird because I'm, more, I'm much more like a philosophical kind of guy. I like to study theology, and I, I love to study the Bible and, and different scriptures and topics and, and do stuff like this. But aside from everything else that you guys know me as here on the show, I like to do some other yeah. techie kind of things. So that to me, that's one of those things. I just don't have anybody that I know of that knows how to program and do that. So I'm just watching tutorial videos and okay. reading stuff online, hoping that maybe someday I'll meet somebody that
1: way. Right. So so my question would be the same. I, you need to, end your life, Keep looking and asking and finding somebody who does that. Yeah, and and then putting yourself in a position where you do life with them, so that you can see how they do it, and not just get taught how they do it in the class, but actually sit with them and then you do it and them and them saying, "Ah, that's a nice mistake. Try this." Yeah, why? Because let me show you. And I mean, that's how you learn. Yeah. If you really want to be one who has a mentor, first of all, you need to identify what you want to learn. Mm-hmm. And and you need to identify somebody who has learned it, and and position yourself. Yeah. Sometimes, if you use the word mentor, you might chase someone off yeah. because they're thinking I need a curriculum, I need it. You yeah. Mean, right. It's it's easier to say. Do you mind if I hang out with you and do life a little bit? I mean, how can someone say I'm not doing life? I, yeah. I am doing life. Right. You want to hang out doing life? I could do that. You know. I mean, I, if you want me to have a curriculum, and then you start asking the questions, it's kind of like. Do you want to know God? What does the Bible say you have to do if you want to know God? Seek him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you seek him, what does God say? You'll find them. You'll find me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. But
3: here's here's a difficulty that I'm running into. See, uh, so I'm interested in this thing called Swift, which is a programming language. It's a it's an Apple based uh, framework and and coding language. And for me, I found that I don't quite understand the lingo. And I'm a guy that I like to understand the lingo and how people talk about this stuff. So if it's an iPhone, I'm talking about apps and and different you know parts of the iPhone, how it works. I, I like to know some of the ins and outs before I start asking questions because I feel dumb. If I ask the wrong question, like I'm asking a question that I, it comes across like I'm ignorant. And I think that might be something. Yeah,
1: but that's okay.
3: I know that. But in my mind, see, in my mind, I think I need to understand some things before I really start to talk about it. Yeah. And if I don't even know how to talk about it, how can I even ask a question yeah. about it to me? That's
1: that's the frustration that I kind of run into. And maybe that's maybe I'm the only one that deals with that. No, but let me help you with that because I, I feel the same way and I'm much older than you. Here's how I have dealt with that. Um, we've hired people here before we're actually looking to hire somebody for a job right now up here and and the problem is I really don't even know that area. Yeah. I don't know what I don't know what to ask for yeah. and, and I have before interviewed people for a job and said, here's what's not being done here you know and I, and I could lay out I know what's not being done. you have done this. Could you please tell me what I'm looking for? Yeah that's how I did the interview. And they would tell me, well, here's what you should be looking for. And you know what? The one who told me that the best, I hired.
2: Yep. Hmm. <laughs>
1: and I'm thinking, yeah, but you're the boss. You know, for anyone to pretend that people know everything, that's moronic. Hmm. When you're a, somebody running for president and someone says, so in Nigeria, how would you deal with the fungus toenail problem there? And if you're a candidate, you've got to come out with a three-point plan Yeah. right away. Oh, yeah. So, so what would be wrong with saying... They got a problem there with toenail fungus? I mean, they got a problem? I guess I would find a doctor and ask him what should we do about it, and then we'd figure out a plan. Yeah. See, that's not adequate to most people, but that's what you do. Mm-hmm. You say, I don't know anything about this. So a young person, just married, you know what I would do? I would go find an old couple that's married mm-hmm. that you have identified that actually has a good marriage. And I would just do life with them. I would just go do stuff with them. And what will happen is you will naturally get into conversations and you'll view things and, you know, because honestly, there, there's there's older ladies that I know, and I'm going to be careful not to identify what age that is, but there are older ladies that I know. Yeah. That if you went to them today, if you're a young lady and say, I want you to mentor me, they'd laugh and go, no. <laughs> why? Because, because they think this is a curriculum I have to go through. And that's not what you're asking them. Mm-hmm. And and part of the problem always is identifying what we're actually saying. And I think what we're saying to people is, can I watch you do life? You've got it. I want to know what you're doing so that I can get it. In your case, Jeff, can I come and watch what you do? Uh, I had a guy wanting to learn how to mix music and we found a guy that did it for a living. And, and he asked, can I just come watch what you do? I mean, it was so valuable for him to just go watch what he did. And I thought, yeah, that's what you need to do. And eventually it may work where you go do that for a long time, but it could be seasonal where you learn something and move on. So anyway, those are random thoughts.
3: Yeah, well, good thoughts. Something that I'll definitely be thinking about because in the end, I want to actually succeed at learning this new coding language. And maybe you're thinking tonight, you know, you get some New Year's resolutions. And the one thing that you haven't quite figured out yet is, how do I get there? I have goals, I have ideas, I have you know things that I want to see accomplished. Maybe it's losing weight, maybe it's just a new lifestyle, and there are some lifestyle choices that you have to make, and and we just don't know where to start. A mentor would be a great idea. So we want to work through this and talk about building that environment and building that into our lives tonight here on the show. Join us on the tweet back tonight. Use the hashtag H N R T B. Also, this month, if you are interested, you're an adult, you're someone over 18, and you've been looking for some opportunities to mentor. We are looking for new live coaches on our website, hopenet360.com. So if you are interested in becoming an online spiritual coach, check out hopenet360.com tonight, and there are some links there for you to check out. This conversation will
0: continue here on Hope Net Radio. We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. Hope Net Radio and Q90 FM.
1: Hi, this is Dave Wager, a voice you normally hear on HopeNet Radio. And when I'm not doing radio, one of my favorite things to do is teach at the Nicolet Bible Institute. I invite you to check out this one-year Bible and service program at nicoletbibleinstitute.org.
0: This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back
3: to the show. Check out tonight's show notes at Hopenet360.com. Jeff D.W. Jason, your host tonight here on the show. Having a great conversation again this week on the topic of mentoring. This is something that we're talking about this month. I don't know what God's laying on your heart to do. I don't know what is in your wheelhouse as far as your skills and your abilities and you're even the opportunities that you have to mentor, if you even have thought about mentoring or you've mentored in the past. But I want to encourage all of us to ask the question if we are looking for opportunities or if we're living a life where people would want to actually exemplify the life that we live. If you're an introvert, some introverts will write books and they'll write leadership stuff or they'll write, you know, on on a various topic. And so that's kind of maybe your gifting. There's other people that will write on a blog or they'll just use social media. There's other people that will go face to face and Teachers, counselors, I mean, there's so many different ways. Youth pastors, many of us just kind of shirk that responsibility like, oh, it's someone else's job. And Dave, we were kind of talking in the break, the whole education thing. This is kind of a hot button kind of an issue. I mean, there's a lot of discussion about, you know, in the political arena about education and what role education should have and how we should do education, that sort of thing. And and I kind of joked a little bit. I was kind of asking the question because the the thought came to mind, is there really a difference between a know-it-all and a mentor And the reason I ask is because I kind of look at what you were saying about education and I'm thinking, you know, I went to college. I did that for a few years and I got a lot of knowledge. You know, I learned how cells reproduce. I learned how, you know, numbers work together and you use formulas and equations and you get some solutions to different difficult problems. And, you know, so you you learn some of these things, calculus and and all the other stuff, the writing, (laughs) how to write, how to do your source edits and all this stuff. And, but the reality is i had a lot of knowledge i had a, i could tell somebody how this worked but in reality i think i was becoming more of a know-it-all than i was a mentor like i didn't really see myself as someone that could help somebody else maybe do some studying or or improve their life in some way with the knowledge that I had. It was kind of like, I was just this big Wikipedia resource in my head of different ideas and equations and topics. I knew how to get the, the solution to a problem, but in reality, I think I was just much more of a know-it-all than I was a mentor.
1: I think if, if, if anyone's overly anxious to be your mentor, stay away from them. I don't think that true mentors chase people and say, I need to mentor you. They're doing it for their own ego at that point, I think. It's like, I just need someone to control or make, mm. make something happen and tell how much I know. And, and not only that, if if you are being mentored, you're going to find somebody again, who has the fruit in their life, yeah. not the information in their life, the fruit, look for a good marriage, not for someone who knows about marriage. I was listening to a guy once and he said he was a marriage counselor. And I, you know, you guys know me, I'm starting to think already of questions. I want to ask him and you know, what cases he hears and I, just to learn. and And he says, yeah, you know, I'm on my third marriage and I'm going, all right, I'm done i <laughs> uh, y- you, you know you're a marriage counselor, you're in your third you're marriage third marriage who's friend. gonna listen to you honestly uh the the bottom line really is well, yeah, but I know how to tell people what they need to do, yeah, they a to know it all right there yeah yep. but, but would you want to do life with them mm-hmm. you know what are you gonna learn right you you would yeah, so likewise, I was on an airplane once, and I was sitting next to a lady, and I won't describe her to you, but let- let's just say she was one of the more unhealthy ladies I ever sat next to. Actually, I wasn't sitting next to her. A friend of mine was, was, three in a seat, and she was on the window. And she was one of the more unhealthy people. The whole way in the pl- flight, she started to show the guy sitting next to me, my buddy, all these health products that he should buy, and that she was convinced it work. Mm-hmm. And I thought, we got off the plane and said, don't buy anything from her. Why? The fruit. I mean, did you see her? There is no possible way to buy anything from her on health issues. And it's like, mm, well, that's fruit you're looking at. I think that you you need to be careful if if you're going to be looking for a mentor. I I don't think that the real mentors are actually out there begging to mentor somebody. I think they're willing and they look for opportunities to help, but it's also seasonal. I mean, they realize that maybe now in somebody's life, I need to step in and be somebody they can see, but then they're going to surpass me in this and I need to look for somebody else that that I can help. I would also encourage, if you want to mentor so that when things go wrong, you have someone to blame, I wouldn't do that either. It's really hard you know, to think you put these mentors in a place where uh, if you don't succeed, you blame them and it's easier for you because you're blaming them for your issues. They're not God, they're people. Yep. And if you do life together, you begin to see how they do it, and that's about it. And, yep. and just like in the Bible, you're going to see the good, the bad, and the ugly displayed. Yeah. Um, you got to take it all together and, and take it to the Word of God.
3: Now, the interesting thing that you said just a little bit ago was talking about how you were hiring somebody to do uh, a various job at your at Silver Birch Ranch, and, and the only thing was you didn't really know what you were looking for. And I kind of think that's kind of an interesting perspective, especially for leaders today. I've fallen into the pattern where, you know, like I was talking about in the coding part of it, I want to know the language before I start asking the questions. Because if I ask the wrong questions, you we Why? To,
1: well, because <laughs> I want that knowledge first. That's my thought right away. Why? Yeah. You don't know anything. Go to somebody and say, look, I know squat. I know. I don't even know the questions they ask about this. And you know what? They would look at you and go, I appreciate you right now. Because you don't know the questions to ask. (laughs) I'll tell you, you should ask this one first. And you go, really? I didn't even think of that. He goes, I know that's the problem.
3: But here, I'm wondering, from a leadership perspective, there's some wisdom in that where you didn't know what to ask for it, but the interview, the way you did it is so interesting. It's it's probably counter what most other interviewers would look for. I mean, they want to know the language. They want to know kind of the ins and outs. Give them a job description and say, hey, can you perform these tasks instead of, mm-hmm. hey, I don't know anything about this department. Um, tell me what I need to do. Tell me what needs to be done here. And then from there, it's almost like that sets them up to almost dictate their own interview in a way. And, and I think there's some really neat perspective. That's almost a mentoring kind of an interview. I mean, it's different yeah. from what what we normally think is what an interview would even look like today.
1: Yeah. I, I learned this from a professor that I used to have, and he was a brilliant man who loved God. And, and um, there were colleges that were pursuing him to be president of their college. And I remember one of them that was pursuing him, and he said, oh, I'm going to go do the interview, but I'm not going to take the job, and I'm number one on their list. And I said, "Well, why are you doing the interview?" He goes, "Well, because they don't know the right questions to ask." So I'm going to go and I'm going to interview so I can help them understand what they need to ask. Wow! And I care about the school, but I don't really want the job. <laughs> and I thought, "There's a mature guy right wow. there." You know what I mean? Yeah. He, he doesn't know how else to help them because he just says, "I looked at all their stuff and they're just asking the wrong questions." Hmm. And I thought. Well, there's a guy, instead of getting bitter or angry and saying these people are stupid. Yeah, the, the truth is, I mean, in classes today at certain colleges, I know they're doing this. They're telling young people that are uh, learning how to do media, advertising media, that kind of thing. They're telling them that guys like my age bracket, guys in their 60s, we do not know what we need. Hmm. And so in the interview, you have to find somebody who will admit that. Because they really don't know. an article about interview. Shall I read it? <coughs> I don't even know how that happened. A- anyway, see what I'm saying here? I don't even know how that happened. I need somebody to help me here <laughs> on this phone. The bottom line really is, w- when you look at uh, how things are in reality, a 60-year-old guy like me talking about needing social media to talk about what we do in life, I am clueless. Do I think we need it? Yes. I do not know anything about it. So, in that sense, what do I know about? I know about our mission. I know about walking with God. I know about relations. I, I know that stuff. But I don't know about that. There is no weakness. We don't have a climate for it in our country. I talked to you guys off the air a little bit. The president, whoever's running for president, needs to know everything about everything. I mean, uh, otherwise they are not qualified. Mm. That is so untrue. Yeah. That, you know, if you ask them a question about something that's going on in Bangladesh and they have no clue, they need to say, I, have, I don't have any idea. Yeah. But but here's the process I would use. I would call a Bangladesh expert, and I would talk to him and figure out what to do, and then we'd do this and that. That's an acceptable answer. We shouldn't expect them to know everything. Yeah, right. Uh,
3: that is definitely an interesting thought, and we'd love to hear from you guys too. You can always email us at hope at hopenet360 dot com. You have a thought? If you have a question? If you have a, an issue that you think we should talk about? You can email us at hope at hopenet360 dot com. This conversation will continue in the second
0: half of HopeNet Radio. Feel like nobody cares? We do. HopeNet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by GroundWire. A live coach is available to talk right now at HopeNet360.com.
1: Hi, this is Dave Wager, a voice you normally hear on HopeNet Radio, and I'd love to invite you, our listening guests, to a special weekend at the Wolf River Refuge, sponsored by Silver Birch Ranch, a time where we get together and learn how to really study the Bible. We call it Digging Deeper. It'll be held February 19th to 21st. You can find more information at WolfRiverRefuge.org.
0: It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to the second half of HopeNet Radio. Thanks for joining us tonight here on the show.
3: If you miss any part of this conversation, check out the podcast at HopeNet360.com slash podcast. You can find our podcast, HopeNet Radio, on your favorite podcasting app. So check out the link. HopeNet360.com slash podcast. Jeff, DW, Jason with you tonight. We're having a great conversation about mentoring, and of course, Dave is uh, not back from Hawaii. I thought we would see him out there for the Pro Bowl last week, but just didn't happen. But Dave is a mentor, and many of us here on the show, we, we really believe in mentorship. And that's one thing that we do talk about a lot of times because, again, it comes back to building a culture. We believe that not only do I need a mentor, that each of us needs a mentor in our life, but but we want to help build an environment, a culture of mentors. And we kind of talked about some hot button kinds of things, you know, how education is today and, and how we wish that we could change some of that cultural issue, move it from being a know-it-all and producing know-it-alls to producing mentors, because this is an area of our life where I think each one of us, we need to actually learn how to be a mentor, how to actually give somebody else the tools and the skills that we have that someone helped to ingrain into our lives and, and help produce some fruit in our life. And we need to help other people to produce some good fruit in their life, whether that's in their job, you know, learning a new skill or do some new tasks and, and new responsibilities. That's something that every one of us needs. We need someone that has some experience, some some wisdom, some knowledge even. We need people that know a lot about things, but also n- need to know how to actually communicate that to someone who is less mature, less equipped with some of those skills of that knowledge. So Dave, I, I love our conversation. I love, you know, talking about this environment, this building a culture of, of mentors. And, and I can't help but think about so many young people that just kind of start to get into their own niche they get into their own passions and their giftings and and they're thinking tonight man i need, i don't know that i have somebody that i that i want to mentor that i think needs mentoring but i'm interested and maybe there's some that are just getting into that kind of a relationship where they're helping mentor a teenager or someone who's just getting out of high school and trying to make some decisions and they're given some of their wisdom but they don't have a whole lot of experience but they just have a lot of energy they a lot of passion about it. And so I'm trying to think, you know, if we're building a culture of mentoring, we don't want it to just be a short-term thing. There's a lot of things that can come up in our lives that we burn out on mentoring. Mentoring isn't necessarily an easy thing, but, you know, when we're young, we have a lot of ambition. We have a lot of energy. We have a lot of passion. Uh, Help us as young mentors. How do we grapple with these first few months, first year of mentoring somebody else? Yeah. What would you say to them?
1: Okay. So let me talk to you and Jason about this. Yeah. Um, If you're going to mentor people, what you want to do is position yourself. Remember what I said. If you're looking for a mentor, you're looking for someone that has the fruit. yeah, And then you want to hang out with them. Absolutely. So you be that person. Mm -hmm. So what you want to do is concentrate on being committed to God and loving him. Concentrate on being committed to your spouse and loving them. Mm. Concentrate on loving your children. Concentrate on doing your job right. Concentrate on being the person that does things in life the way it's meant to be. Now, what you've done is you've positioned yourself to be a mentor. Now, what happens in life is that as you do that life, you'll find two things. Um, you will actually find people that are doing what you want to do that are older than you. So yeah. go ahead and hang out with them when you can, as, yeah. as the opportunity comes and learn and that kind of thing. Uh, secondly, you will find younger people who want to do what you're doing. Yeah. So invite them to do life with you, to go ahead and stand by your side and do it. and And it, see what you've done... In order to be a good mentor, first and foremost, you need to be one who loves God and loves people. You're committed to God. You're committed to people. Very important that you're willing to to be the person they look at. Uh, The second thing, I think, if you want to do is have a life where you're willing to adjust. In other words, you don't know everything today, and I don't know everything today. I was talking about interviewing somebody who knows what they're actually talking about. So I need to adjust at that point because I don't know what I'm talking about. That alone will draw people to you, not away from you. You think, boy, they don't think I know anything. Well, I'm telling you what. If you're coming to me to mentor you on how to play the flute, you got to understand something. I don't know how to play the flute. (laughs) So don't come to me for that. And I'm not hurt that you don't. Yeah. Go to a flautist. I mean, they'll teach you. A right. flautist. A flautist. Why they call not a flutist, I don't know, but it's a flautist if mm-hmm. you really know what you're talking about. So, so I think we, you have to be one who's willing to spend the time, but you're also willing to adjust. And I think you want to always be looking to keep the cycle in place. So you know your limitations. Is that what you're saying? Oh, you do. You do. I mean, there are things that I will not help somebody in, and I have to send them to somebody else. but but see in my life experience if somebody came to me and said you know what i'd like to go live overseas for a while and and live there and minister to people i would say why don't you go talk to jason Hmm. why he did that yeah well can't you help me there not really i you know i've gone for a week coming home I, i i don't think i can really help you there yeah but you know jason's there so why don't you just go ask him about life and what what it was like and that kind of thing and you know, I have no problem sending them to Jason and not telling them myself what I think I know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, that's very important to be able to do. So that's that's what's keeping the cycle. You know, what I've just endangered myself though. Some young man that maybe I'm mentoring and meeting with, and I enjoy going to Jason now and forgetting me. Mm. So if my ego's tied up in it, I'm in big trouble. Right, right. Because that's not what it's about.
2: You know, and I think that I think that's key is that when you're mentoring, it, it's really not about yourself. You know, and that's why it's it's crucial going back to that truth of loving god and loving others and putting them first because if you allow yourself to be the main point of the mentorship idea that's where it's going to go downhill fast, yep. you know, and that's why it's important to keep that cycle. Like I would say, if you want to mentor, you should be being mentored yourself. Yeah, you know, because there's always you know situations and different things that you can learn from. You but know? you
1: could be being mentored in specific areas, absolutely. Yeah, and and absolutely. not only that. If, if I were to give you guys just bottom line advice, you both have children. Yeah. All right. Do you know that if if you were to say, Dave, what is the best way? that I could help my child be a godly young man or woman, how, how can I do that? I would say, position yourself to give them somebody to look at that loves God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In other words, you need to love God mm-hmm. and you need to love your wife like Christ loved the church. Yeah. That is the most powerful thing that you will ever do in your home. Right. Really, really. Yeah, w- there is no specific thing I need to talk to them about. It, it'll come to you. The Spirit will guide you. Hmm. but you need to give them an example
3: yeah.
1: of what it means to love God and to love your wife. They need to see your generosity. They need to see your love. They need to see how you treat people. They are watching you and believe it or not, they will become you. Yeah. So, so you need to model it mm-hmm. and forget about trying to figure out every right thing to say. Instead, concentrate on loving God, spending time with God, listening to him and loving your wife that you should never in front of your children, never demean your. You should never demean your wife. Anyway, you should never. That's unacceptable. Mm, yeah. They need to see somebody who adores their spouse, yeah, and who would die for them.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Now you've said something to them, and they may reject it for a while. That's pretty normal. But what happens is it gets ingrained in their head from a very young age who you are, right? And, and that is mentoring. The, the well, very first I, place is and, kids.
2: You know, and even going off of that idea, I think one of the the things that we haven't talked about but we've kind of glistened at is that a huge part of mentoring is the things that you don't say right mm. you know because i know that even even the mentors that i've had in my life i'm watching them yeah. yep. and i'm watching how they respond to things i'm watching them as they interact with their family and i learn a lot from that yeah without even having a so conversation you learn from them.
1: what's not in their life well what's not spoken what's not what's not spoken or not in their life right you exactly know, I, i've it, seen guys where they've come over and they said can we watch a dvd and i said i don't have any Right, exactly. Now, I'm not judging anything at that point. I'm not saying anything at that point. I just don't have any. Right. Now, they might leave, going, "He doesn't have any." Right. Maybe down the road they might say, "Are you against them?" Or you, I mean, why don't you have any?
2: Right. And then it, it spurs on a discussion. Right. But it's not know.
1: that I'm trying to necessarily be holier than thou or anything. It's just yeah. that's doing yeah. life, you know. Exactly. They, and and but I'm there's something missing. Or they might come over and say, "Hey." You know, I, br- I brought a bottle of wine to go, you know what, you can just keep it because I just don't drink. I didn't judge them or anything at that point. I just said I don't drink. Yeah. All right. Well, discussion, you know, later. Yeah. yeah. Why? Well, I can tell you why, but agree or not agree. Here's So what I don't do sometimes is equally as powerful as what I do. Yeah. And it- that's only happens if you're doing life. It doesn't happen if you're not doing life because you don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right.
3: This is a great conversation. We have so much more to cover before we wrap things up tonight. So if you miss any part of it though, do check out the podcast at hopenet360.com. Also, while you're there, we have some show notes, some things tonight that we're talking about and uh, some bullet points. I think this is a heavy topic, a loaded topic, a lot of things to pick out and kind of wade through. We're making it simple for you on our show notes at hopenet360.com. This conversation will continue here on
0: HopeNet Radio. If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at Hopenet360.com. This is Hopenet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to the show. Check out
3: hopenet360.com. Lots of things going on there. A lot of things coming up and happening around our community. And especially if this is a time where you're asking the question, well, you know, how can I get involved in mentoring? We have an online mentoring opportunity for you to become a live coach. Check out hopenet360.com/slash/coach and consider becoming a live coach on our crisis chat line. This is an opportunity if you're an adult, someone over 18. We offer training with our partner with Groundwire. And they'll help set you up. You can work from home and, and be on a couple hours a week or a couple hours a night and give whatever time you can to inputting your experience and your wisdom and, and imparting even what God has shown you in your life in the life of somebody who is at a point in your life where – They're not really sure about life. They're not really sure about how they've been living, how they've been making choices lately. And so you have an opportunity to be a mentor tonight at Hopenet360.com. Check out that coach section and learn about what it means to become a live coach. Jeff, DW, Jason with you tonight here on the show. Guys, it's been a fun conversation. And we want to change things up a little bit and actually go into what I would consider kind of a mentorship, kind of a role, and talk about some of the questions that some of us get as mentors. We get kind of off the wall questions. If you've been a mentor for years, you don't really get the really heavy conversations all the time, but we're going to do a little ask me anything. Is that all right with you guys? Oh, I'm ready. Bring it on. All right, so we got some Ask Me Anything questions that have kind of trickled in over the last few weeks, and I kind of want to hear your honest thoughts. You know, if someone were to come to you and ask you these questions, what would you say to them? And uh, the first one I want to open up with is uh, this one about recently we saw this lottery happening, and this was kind of a, a hot-button thing that I've seen in the blogosphere, and we got a question in that um, basically, it just it, very simple. If you guys would have won the lottery, or let's say someone you know wins the lottery, and they just Decided to give you some of that and share their winnings with you. Number one, what would you do with it? And number two, would you, would you have taken it? And how would you have dealt with that? And uh, we have a follow-up question with that as well. But I'm kind of curious your thoughts. Jason, Dave, any thoughts if you would have won the lottery?
2: What in the world would you have done with all that cash? Um, I, at first, I, would, I, would, I, would, I wouldn't know what to do. Because my mind can't get my like around how many numbers and zeros and, and things that would be, and it, it just boggles my mind. And then I would, I would probably think of, all right, how can I invest this in a God honoring way? You know, and, and that's probably how I'd look at it. You know, because I think that there's ways that you could do it. Um, would
1: money change your life? No, and that's the thing is that you know. Okay. So
2: and, and so that's why I would look for ways to further people hearing about Jesus. Yeah. I mean, would know? money
1: make your marriage better? No. Would it make you a better father? No. Would it give you better health? No. So the purpose of this money is like anything else. No. How, how can we use it to show the world who God is? So you're right. I mean, I, that's what I would say. It's like, you know what? How's this going to alter your life? Are you Are going to become lazy now?
2: Mm-mm. You know, I'd still be doing what I do. I mean, sure, there might be things I'd like to, you know, freshen up, you know, even if it's like a project at the house sure. I'd like to do or, or, you know, invest in my in my. Son and my right. son to be's future, yeah, you know, some, which I think is wise. Yeah, you put know, some to, college money away. Or absolutely. Something. Yeah. You know, so I think I would just try to be wise about it. But at, at first, I'd definitely be baffled that all right, and not really know what
1: to do. I would, <laughs> I would laugh if, if I if, first of all, I didn't play the lie. But if I got the money, I would just laugh and say, "That's hilarious." Yeah. Why? Because I love every day of my life. I do not know what I would change. Right. And 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 I know this: that money can ruin you. Yeah. The Bible makes that yeah. clear. You will have people mm-hmm. contacting you that will be your friends that want the money. And if you give it to them, you could ruin their life. Yep. Yep. So now you're in a position where you're looking at, I could ruin people's life with this. They could start trusting money instead of God. Yeah, I, I tell you, if you had a mm-hmm. g- gazillion dollars tomorrow, you, you still need to trust God.
2: Yeah. It was interesting, yeah. too, because I read an article before that big lottery, in a, and I forget who wrote it, but they're like, you know what, if you're not happy before the money, you're not going to be happy after yeah. the money. And that's so true. Yeah. You know, money doesn't change you know your life in a sense because if you're not full of joy now, money's not going to do it for you. Sure it might seem yep. like it's doing it for a short period of time, but there's going to come a day when that effect of money will wear off and you'll be left mm. empty again. Yeah.
1: I might buy really good cheese. I like <laughs> I like really good cheese. So I, I might buy some really good cheese with it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that might be a little extravagant, but that's probably I cheese might. with a certain genetic. Yeah, a certain. Or, or I yeah. might, I might actually quit heating my house with wood. Oh, there you go. Yeah.
2: I mean, yeah, there are some practical. things. I mean, there, there's some practical you, things, you know, but like other I'd than probably, that, I would probably buy a house near to camp.
1: Yeah, but you know yeah. what? I would still go out and cut wood because I like doing it. Right, right. <laughs> so it's mm, like exactly. Oh, I might get a new wood truck. There you go, or a new chainsaw, go, or something. Yeah. But it's nothing. It's really I'm yeah. so I'm so satisfied with life. I think the yeah. issue for people is, why did you put hope in that in the first place? And then there's a good discussion. Yeah, because yeah. W- what is it about that that would actually change what's important?
3: Right. Yeah, uh, I love that. I mean, that's that's one of the things. It's easy to think about. Well boy, if I had all that money, I wouldn't have to do anything. And the reality is, I think we find ourselves miserable when we, I don't know about you guys, but when I accomplish a project, you know, there's that sense of accomplishment, but then there's kind of like that emptiness of, now what am I going to do? You know, if you get money, it's like you don't have to work, but the, the reality is, is I enjoy doing work. I mean there's something about that whether I whether or not I get paid for it is a different matter, but yeah. there's something about the pursuit of life that ends up, you know, leaving us with that sense of satisfaction and and feeling like there's an, a sense of accomplishment whereas if someone were just to hand us everything, boy, we get lazy, we get fat and it, it really wouldn't help us anything. I think we just find ourselves depressed and and with that. So, I agree with you, Jason. It's kind of like if you weren't content with life before the money, definitely not going to be content after, and it can create some more problems if you're not careful. So um, definitely an interesting answer. And I'm I'm also kind of wondering, this really wasn't a question that came in, but I'm kind of wondering, because I've had people ask me this over the the few weeks leading up to it, is this whole topic of Christians playing the lottery, is this a weird thing, or is this, is it wrong for Christians to play the lottery?
1: Why are they playing it? I mean, if you're just doing it for a Yahoo, I don't think it matters. Right, yeah. You know, but if you're actually thinking my life will be better if I win this. Right. And, and, you know, we have a tendency to do it solved in the Bible. He, God told him to go on, and, and conquer and take everything. And he didn't destroy everything because he had a better idea he was going to give it to God. So some people think, I want to play the lottery so I can give it to God. Do you, do you know how many times in my life I've thought, God, if I had a million dollars, I'd give it to you? And then one day when I was praying, I said, you know why I can say that so confidently? Because I will never have a million dollars. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and I honestly believe I will never have it, so I can be very generous with it. Mm-hmm. And and I almost then I started praying differently. And I said, God, don't give me a million dollars. Yeah. Why? Because I would be proven a liar, I think. Mm. I don't want to be proven a liar. And I've already said I'd give it all away. So don't give it to me. (laughs) And and God must be laughing at me at that one. Like, yeah, you finally saw it right.
2: Yeah. And I definitely think, like you said, it comes down to the intentions of why you're doing it. You know, if you're just doing it as a Wahoo, like, oh, man, you know, never happened before. But if you're you're putting all your hope in it, or if it's a habitual thing, then I would say that, you know.
1: As a leader, as one who's positioning myself for others to follow, I would not buy a ticket. And it wasn't out of legalism or anything else. It's it's because I don't know why other people buy them. Right. And I wouldn't want them to look at me and say, well, Dave Wager bought a ticket, so I'm going to buy one and hope I, I win it and then life could be better. Yeah. I'm not going to position myself for that. And I, I really don't think I'm missing anything by not doing it Yeah. That way. All right,
3: second question for you guys before we have to take another break here on the show. Aside from the Bible, I think most Christians would say the Bible has made the most profound impact in their life. Is there another book that's had the biggest impact on your life?
1: Yeah, The Introvert Advantage. Huh? You know, it's a great book um, written. I don't even think it's a Christian book. But it really allows you to see the differences um, between an introvert and an extrovert, and it's allowed me to honor people that are not like me and figure out how to communicate with them better. and And really, um, it's made life different because I've read it and just it really went to more body principles in the Bible, and I was able to treat people better. Hmm.
2: Yeah, I would say I, I read a book in college called "Desiring God" by John Piper, and that was a, kind of a, a God enlarging.
1: Right. View, heard that. It's a good view book.
2: of God, um, and that, that kind of just helped me change my perspective and realize that you know it's all about loving God and loving others. So that God gets the glory. Yep. One of the books that I read
3: a few years back was a Shepherd's Look at Psalm Twenty Three, and it talked about how intimately a shepherd is involved with his sheep, and it was neat because it it really showed light. I mean, it, it went through the entire Psalm Twenty Three. And illustrated it in words and what it really meant and the significance of the passage. So it was was actually really neat. I never thought about it in depth. And it was just really, if you want to take a look at it, we'll post some links to these books on our website, hopeman360.com, or under our show notes. And, uh, of course, if you have some, we'd love to know what books you've read that's had an impact in your life. Other than the Bible, if the Bible is the most profound book that you've read lately.
1: Nobody listed my books.
3: Yeah, you can email us at hope at hopenet360.com. Let us know what your favorite or most profound book has been in your life. This conversation will wrap up when we come back here on HopeNet Radio.
0: Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at hopenet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Lots of questions rolling in. The Ask Me Anything
3: stuff will continue. We'll do some more of those kinds of questions here on HopeNet Radio. Glad that you've joined us here on the show. Wrapping things up tonight. And uh, It's been a great conversation as we've been talking about mentoring and building a mentor kind of a culture. And This is something that is different, I think, from what we see in some circles. Now, there are so many that really do take mentoring seriously. There's a real uh, neat mentoring initiative that's happening on a national level. There are people that get it. And I, honestly, it's great. It's refreshing when you run into people that are really passionate about mentoring. And that's really part of what I find in my DNA is I want to raise up this next generation and help them to be in some ways more successful than I was. Now, I consider myself successful because I had people in my life that poured into me and that spoke into my life. And and as I've spoken recently at a youth group, I just encouraged young people. Everywhere I go, I'll, I'll encourage young people to, to go into be open, be willing to, to allow someone to speak in your life, a mentor, someone that's older than you, that's that loves God, that is wiser, has gone through some experiences, they've dealt with some things that maybe you've dealt with, maybe you haven't dealt with, um, but you can go and ask them questions, just like those. You know, what do you do with the lottery? What would you've done with the lottery? Um, is it wrong? You know, there are so many questions, things that we think are off limits to talk about, and it's so valuable if you've got somebody in your life that you know you can go to and and just ask them these kinds of questions, and they're not they're not afraid of them, they're not offended by them. They're just, you know, they'll just be honest. And uh, the best part about it is having a mentor that can, that can say, I don't really know. I don't really have an answer. So we're kind of wrapping things up tonight for this episode, but guys, I'd love to know some of your final thoughts, Jason, Dave, what do you guys take away from tonight? What are some things that are so valuable if there's a young mentor that's listening to this show and they're like, I need some wisdom, I need some help here. How do I do this for the long term? Because even now I'm starting to feel a little bit burned out and, and stressed out about a lot of different responsibilities. This mentoring thing gets a little bit heavy after a while.
2: You know, I'd say that you just gotta to remember that um, it's part of an atmosphere of mentorship. And so if you're at that point, then maybe you need to seek out somebody that can be mentoring you and encouraging you and coming alongside of you. Because I think there's so much power behind doing life together as believers. Um, and and, and, and that's kind of the heart of what we're getting at is that it's, it's living in community um, with people that are older than you, the same age as you, and people that are younger than you, and sharing that life experience together so that we can see and point out the truth of Scripture in everything that we do realizing that none of us are perfect but um God has taught us lessons and given us wisdom in different situations that we can share with each other i mean it gets to the heart at you know um sh- iron sharpening iron we see that image in the bible we also see in galatians you know 6 that we should bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of christ and so there's these truths that doing life together in community through the highs and through the lows that's what um, will help you. And that's, that's really what mentorship is all about. And so if you feel weighed down, if you feel like all that's on your shoulders, then maybe you need to look to somebody to talk to. Maybe take a break from mentoring somebody else and get mentored yourself. Yep. Because we've talked about how it goes in seasons. And maybe the season of you mentoring is coming to a close or, you know, there's something that you just need to learn about before you continue to do that. Yeah.
1: You might be a new believer or a young believer or one who hasn't applied things. And I would encourage you not to mentor at that point because you'd be manufacturing things to talk about. I think one of the most important things is to position yourself so that you actually love God and you actually love your spouse. You love people and you act that way. And, And when you do that, you are going to be in the right position and you'll be around the right people to where you might be able to be somebody who can mentor other people. And so really, I, I think my last word would be, you have a personal responsibility to seek God. And if you haven't done that, then, then you're not really in a position to mentor anybody. And if you haven't done that, you should really look for someone who shows the fruit of, of seeking God. And just go hang out with them a little bit and see what they do and and why they do what they do and try and figure it out. Our culture is such we we can isolate ourselves very easily and have relationships that are electronic and be in our own homes. And and we we get out of the community. I, I don't think communities need to be huge, but I do think that people need to have those associations. I think as a man, if I die and I have five close friends, I was a rich man. Not 5,000 associates making me rich, but five very close friends.
3: So valuable. And Jason, I like to piggyback a little bit off of what you said too. It's important that we look at mentoring not as an end in itself where I'm a mentor to somebody else, but I need to actually actively have someone pouring into me. And the same is true in our life. We emulate the spirit that is within us. And if we've got someone that's pouring into us and they're working out of their own spirit, what I mean by that is that they're doing it in their own strength, maybe their own natural abilities. And I'll tell you from personal experience, my natural ability is going to run out eventually, that I can give somebody what I think is a really good answer. But it wasn't exactly what God was trying to speak to them. And I could I could really be in error and I could be at risk of giving someone the wrong advice and just say, you know, you need to go do this because this is what will make you feel right. See the reality is we have we have really a, a struggle that's going on internally. We either operate by our default spirit which is our natural desire and in Galatians 5 it talks about this very same thing. The nature that is within us when we're born when we uh, are a kid whatever before we know Jesus, our sinful nature lives within us and it's it's very clear the results are in there. And if you look at Galatians 5:13 to 26, it lays out Paul lays out this really distinct and descript Idea of what the sinful nature looks like. The results are clear. It says that, you know, if we're operating out of our sinful nature, we'll experience, we'll show signs of sexual immorality, we'll live with impure thoughts, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, fights with other people. We'll be jealous of other people, their things, their relationships. We'll burst out in anger. We have selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy. You get to drunkenness and wild parties, other sins like that. That's what happens if you do things in your own strength. Eventually, your life is going to start showing those kinds of signs. But the reality is we can live with God's spirit in our life. And this is something I want to encourage you guys, every single one of you, is to learn what it means to live the spirit-filled life, because the kind of fruit that comes out of those kinds of lives are exactly what we're looking for in people who are mentors. And that is to show signs that they love people genuinely. They have a joy about them. They're at peace with life and their circumstances, even though it may be chaotic around them. They have a peace that surpasses understanding. They're patient. They're kind. They're good. They're faithful. This is something that I think long-term faithfulness is a very hard thing to do. But if the spirit at work within you is God's spirit, you're going to be faithful. You'll be gentle and you'll be self-controlled. This is the fruit of the spirit. And Paul goes on to say, there's no law against those kinds of things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and have crucified them there. So the good news is, is even though we can't do it on our own strength, God gives us his spirit so that we can do it, so we can carry out what it means to really be a great mentor in the lives of young people. And so if you have questions about that, I encourage you, go and chat with the Live Coach, read through Galatians 5 before you do that, and then go and chat with the Live Coach and say, hey, can you explain this a little bit to me? What does this mean to live by the Spirit? They'd love to talk to you about that. Check it out at Hopenet360.com. All of our shows are there. Subscribe to the podcast, Hopenet360.com slash podcast. Is where you can find our podcast on whatever device you use, whatever podcasting service you use. And uh, the link is there to subscribe on your favorite app as well. And uh, if you want to learn more about becoming a live coach, do check out that link, hopenet360.com slash coach. And you can learn about what it means to become a live coach on our crisis chat line. For all of us here on the show, thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you guys online next week.
2: Bye. Later.